You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Welcome back, Black Guy <laughs> Therapy. Um, hello, Joe. What's up, my brother? It's been a while. It's been a minute. Has it been two weeks? It might be. Week and a half? Something like that? It's been too many. Too many days have passed. It's been too many, and I feel bad because, like I said, we got that small cult following. I don't like to disappoint without something. Yeah, you know? yeah. But sometimes life gets in the way. Yeah. And Far too often, actually. Right, and when you're a three-man show and everybody's got different schedules, it's tough. That's real tough. It's tough, but hey, here we are. Yeah. We made it. We're going to make it happen, too. We made it. Anyway, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. If this is your first time listening to us, know that we are a therapeutic podcast for our black men who, uh, if you need to vent about something, or uh, we're here for that, right? Yes, sir. Um, we, are, we are a therapeutic podcast. We can't say that enough. We are a therapeutic podcast for black people, uh, especially black men, um, and we talk about things that we usually do not talk about with our um, significant others, our white counterparts, or mm-hmm. anybody else. These are things that we usually just uh, keep to ourselves, or, I mean, we may talk about it at the barbershop, but depending on who's in there, you may not be yeah, able to say nothing about it anyway. So yep. um, we are here for that. We're here for all of that. We are a place that you can come and listen and just be yourself. Yes, sir. I love it, too. Yeah. So if you're first time listening to us, welcome. Welcome. We got to say that every episode because we never know what people, what they click on, right? Yeah, it's true. So, and uh, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners because because of your listens, we have been making more money in advertisement that than we've ever made. And uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. Much that's, love. that's support right there. Appreciation. <clears throat> so appreciate you. And that's the reason why there's some of the sour feelings about not being able to provide that content. Cause you realize people are invested. You want to invest back. Exactly. And you know, it, it, I love seeing it pop up on my phone. You have a new subscriber. Yeah. Cause we got th- that happened last week and I was like, Oh, yeah. And then I felt bad because like ah we didn't record anything. Right. right. <laughs> so so hopefully uh obviously if they're subscribing, it'll pop up and they'll know, hey, we got something new. So hey, mm-hmm. new subscriber. What's up, newbie? We uh I, I see you, I see <laughs> you, and I hear you. So um anyway. Yeah. It's been a while since we've done what we call shop talk. It's where we just you know, talk about random issues that, mm-hmm. that come up in life and random issues that are going on that, that affect us. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, this is a free, free time, free space for us to talk about whatever we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Just as if you were in our barbershop. Right. Right. Because generally that's where our men go and kind of let loose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now this, this may not be the typical barber barbershop talk because a lot of that talking is, uh, about sports and usually yeah and 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 somebody's telling boldface lies absolutely <laughs> and they know everything yeah so so that's there's that but um anyway what's on your what's on your mind today so much so much yeah it's uh, been a while so i'm sure there's a few things on your mind but I, i'll start first with the obvious um and we we actually mentioned this so so it's been a while since we recorded but I guess it hasn't been that long because we talked about the passing of Kobe and the eight others, his daughter Gianna being one of them. Yep. But the fallout from that was one of the interviews that was done, Gail King, Lisa Leslie. And it's interesting to me that 
the the term journalistic integrity is often used. I'm not I'm not as anti the question Gail asked as a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. My my issue with her and anyone else is if you're going to do it this way with this group, do it this way with this group. That's what my only ask has ever been. And I felt like the fact that she brought that question up in terms of Kobe, even though she said they had a relationship, which means they had years to have this conversation. Why have those same conversations not been had on the other side with some of their friends? You know, her and Oprah are really close, but they're friends with Harvey Weinstein. Now, apparently they've kind of distanced themselves a little bit, but you never heard these type of interviews. Right. One of the things that I heard Oprah say, uh, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, so so please don't look for the quotes to come up here. But in terms of like Bill Cosby, her thought was she believed the accusers. When it came to Harvey Weinstein, <clears throat> excuse me, and the question was asked, she said, you know, I just like to look at everything and, and hope to find the rainbow in the situation. So even that type of verbiage creates that differentiation when you're dealing with these groups. So what are you actually telling people of color and what are you actually telling the other side? My fear is that the reality is we, we are behind in the well gap. Yeah. So that means when somebody gets an opportunity to reach a certain pinnacle, they don't want to do anything to damage that. Even though they may be helping, they may be giving some money over here and doing this for, for the people. But my thing is the platform what are you saying and does what you're saying match how you're living? Because in this case, I know Oprah's donated millions. I know she's done tons of work on the continent of Africa. Yeah. But her words and her actions, I'm sorry, her words don't necessarily always match her actions based on some of the stuff that more and more people are starting to put out there. Because what's happened now is people are now starting to turn on Oprah which has never happened before. Right. And with social media, it's so easy to just put a post. But who's turning on Oprah? That's what that's where I was going to go next. Yeah. So the weird thing about it is there are a lot of people of color. So I, I'll give you this instance. My wife hasn't necessarily turned on Oprah, but she always used to say from when we started dating, Oprah was her celebrity mom. Okay. Always used to say that. But then as stuff started happening, more and more started happening, because I've always been not anti-Oprah, but I've never had that feeling like I trusted her. I just I just never had it. So we used to always kind of bump heads on Oprah. And um, lately, I would say something, she wouldn't have anything to say back to it. And I was like, this is interesting. So I asked, like, so why aren't you, do- you're not as defensive as, and she was like, you know, when when you're in this place and you really don't know, you just have this feeling and, you know, you start to learn a little bit more, more information, more details come out. Social media just puts everybody's business out there. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. So it kind of changes the the level of support that she has for Oprah. She's not anti. She doesn't dislike right. her or anything. But right. being that Oprah's the greatest thing ever, she's not on that team anymore. And And I think that's interesting because we – Television has mm-hmm. been around at least all of our lives. Absolutely, right? I can't talk for our older listeners because I don't know when you know when they yeah. got a. As as long as I can remember, there's been a TV in my house. Yes. Okay. Since I since since as long as I could remember. Yeah. Now, when you see this programming, mm-hmm. 
everybody saw Oprah and and loved her, mm-hmm. right? Even your mama and your daddy used to talk mm-hmm. about, oh, that's Oprah. We're gonna watch the Oprah show. Oprah yep. is it, Oprah this, <laughs> Oprah that, right? Yeah. So your whole life, you've grown up with this with this um, Oprah can do no wrong mentality, yeah. right? And it was it was um, your parents said it. And you said it because, I mean, that's how you learn, right? You learn mm-hmm. from your, your elders. Mm-hmm. I'll put that in air quotes. Yep. But so so maybe Christina was like, um, well, now I see that the, the veil has been lifted and yeah. now I see. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know, I mean, we talk about Paul Mooney on here because yeah. he's, he's perfect. But he's, he even says all the time, Hollywood is a motherfucker. Yeah. Like it is, as he says, and, I, and, and I'm going to quote him everybody's fucking everybody. Yeah. And that's just the way it is in, in, in Hollywood. Yep. So it's funny. Maybe, maybe your spouse has saw, Hey, look, I see it now. Mm -hmm. I see that it's not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And yes, I still like this person, but I'm gonna go ahead and kind of distance myself. Yeah. Which leads me to another point. I don't want to, I don't want to get off of Oprah, but, um, well, let me, let me, let me go back. Let me go forward before I go backwards. Okay. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say it because this is on my mind. Shoot it, brother. <laughs> so what about, what about, because, uh, because black people, brown skinned people, we are, we are different. We're different. Um, we are people who will ride with you one day. And be all the way against you. And then be all against you the next day mm-hmm. over, over single things. Mm-hmm. Like you, if I owed you $20, I didn't pay you 20 bucks. You may not ever talk to me again over yep. twenty bucks. Yep. Like it's it's that serious yes. in our community in, yes. in some instances, right? Mm-hmm. So that leads me to 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 back to Gail 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 King, right? Mm-hmm. She asked the question, and it's like she's holding this grudge for so long, right, about yeah. it. But she asked Lisa Leslie, right? Why didn't you ask Kobe? Yeah. You had 10, 15, 20 years to ask Kobe. Yeah. Why aren't you why aren't you do an interview and ask him about this? Mm-hmm. But now you think that it's it's fitting because he's 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 gone. Yeah. And I and I feel and I feel like Leslie, Lisa Leslie said you should have asked him about this she when did. he was here. Okay. She did. So she rolled she rolled she with did. him, right? She, I thought she did a very good job. Yeah, yeah, like and and that and that has always bothered me mm-hmm. about about black people because we'll bring up some stuff that's Yes. All the way. Yes. Well, you remember when you did, 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 did you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it's like, well, what does that got to do with now? It's almost as if you have been, you're, you've lost, and now you want to save face. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can save face is by belittling yes. me. Yes. Because you upset. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, that's, and I don't know where that started in our tribe, yeah. but that's, it's we got to stop that. You're right. We got to stop that. And it, and it also, it kind of, and and I I don't want to talk I don't like talking about politics on here but think about it this way, and we talked a little bit about this. You got um, Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. you got Cory Booker mm-hmm. running for president. Mm-hmm. We got black man and a black woman, yep. two very distinguished individuals in our community. Mm-hmm. But black people were like, "No, nah, we ain't riding with with Kamala." Cause she locked too many of us up. Well, wait, did she lock up? Did was she just going outside and say, "Hey, up, uh, hey, you, you black guy, come here, you're going to jail today." She wasn't doing that. Yeah, she was locking up people who who did stuff, right? 
people you probably need to get out of the community. Mm-hmm. But because they look like us, oh, no, 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 we can't ride with her. Yeah. So we wrote her off. She's out the race. Cory Booker. He had some 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 challenging things in his past that black people was like, mm, nah, I just I, I can't I can't ride with that. Oh, another thing about Kamala, they said she wasn't black enough. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you? So, light skinned people are black, black, but Kamala, who is black and Indian, right? Half black, half Indian. I think that's what you told me. Yeah, she's not black enough. Yeah, but she's still had to endure everything that that we all been through. Yeah, like how does that? How does that work? And how, as a as a African American in these United States, you can fix your mouth to say something like that? And quick question: Yeah, is, is she she's married to a white guy, right? She is married to a white guy. We can come back to that because yeah. I another one of those hypocrisies or yeah double standards that we have. So don't go ahead. We can go there now. I don't. I gotta come back. Isn't it funny that a part of that has to be the fact that she's married to a white guy that they said that? Yes. But think about the support that was given to Meghan Markle and Serena. You are a black queen girl. You about to be the, literally you're a black yep. queen now, black princess. Yep. Oh, I can't. Mm, I know. Isn't that weird? I know. We so traumatized and messed up, man. We cannot see ourselves out of a paper bag. And that is exactly where I was going to go. We're so traumatized. We've, and, and I hate to say it, but it's true. The, the, I don't want to say white supremacy, but I do want to say that what we have been taught in these United States is from the view of our Caucasian counterparts. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we believe what they believe. Yep. And when you hear other <laughs> yes, black people sir. talk, like when they say these things that they're saying, they're saying what their Hitlers have been saying. Yes. And they don't even realize it. Yep. And that's the problem. Yep. When we can understand that we've, we've been taught by our Hitlers, we still live with our Hitlers and we have to reject the narrative that they mm-hmm. are pushing. Then we will arrive somewhere. Yes. And and I'm glad you said, man, that's such a great point, such a great point. And the sad thing is it takes such a high level of maturity and evolution as an individual to get to the point where you can even start thinking that way. Oh, and yeah. and unfortunately, because there are so many distractions that are created for us, it's hard for somebody to get to that point because now they're, they're, they're trying to argue about Trump. They're trying to argue about Kamala Harris and who she married to. They're trying yep. to argue about Nancy Pelosi or whomever else. Oh, now we we arguing because we got a war over here and got this over here and keep throwing stuff at you all the time so you you can never get ahead of the nonsense. Exactly. Because we're so stuck and then social media, which is such a beautiful tool, is also a a prime time uh place for propaganda to be presented. Yep, a beautiful tool and a beautiful nightmare at the same My damn goodness. time. My goodness. Ain't it cr- so it's just it's just funny because when again thinking about Gail, she was also the one behind the R. Kelly story. Yep. So for me, it's, it's weird, the, and and I'm not even going to bring up the R. Kelly situation because I I think he may have some issues. Yeah. I don't know what he's done with any one of those girls, but what I do know is that there are factual cases of the parents receiving money. Receiving mm-hmm. opportunities to work with him musically. One guy was a was a musician and got to perform with them when they were on tour, and his daughter was allowed to be a part of this. So it's like we're, we we want to do the witch hunt thing, but then we do all the support at the same time. 
Yeah. So it's, it's, this, it's this really weird thing that's going on and with Gail and Oprah. So, so Michael Jackson dies. Who comes out with the <laughs> with the documentary? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oprah. They actually had to pull it because the dude testified when he was younger. No, Michael never touched me. Now he gets older. Yes, he did. I was lying. So then where's the penalty for lying under? Then does it become, well, he was too young. And he, you know what I mean? It's like there's so many opportunities for us to uplift each other. But for whatever reason, we jump on the opportunities to tear each other down. And then we, under the guise of journalistic integrity. So in that interview that Gail had with Lisa, there was I thought it was a great opportunity to hear from somebody who knew him close to just talk. Well, how was he like the stuff that people don't know? You know, talk about yeah. some of that. I would have loved to hear some of that. But here we are talking about a rape case, an allegation that was dismissed because old girl didn't want to testify. Yep. And I have a feeling it's because when they did the the what do they call it? The report. The forensic report? Is that what they call it? Forensic? I thought it was um, something else when it's or the rape kit, but I forget. I think it's another it, word. I don't know. If they, I mean, if they did a rape kit on her, I mean, they, they, it has to be forensically analyzed and there's a forensic yeah. report associated with it. Yeah, I know they, they did a rape kit. Okay. For, for sure they did that. And when, that's when they came back and found in other, her underwear other guys, other guys yeah. had been in, in the area. Yeah. So I think when that came out, that's when she was like, Ooh. Yeah, this don't make me look good. And her friends came out and said, Hey, no, you know, she's been on some funny stuff before. Yeah. So, but with all of that, you're asking if a lie that somebody told damages his legacy? Yeah. That's to me that's that's cheap. It is. It is. And and you think about uh, journalists now, uh, we live in a click era, right? Yes. Where yes. clicks clicks generate dollars. Yes. I mean, this this show is a, is Clicks generate dollars Absolutely. for us. Yep. So, I mean, what's to say that she didn't create that, that ask that question to get clicks. Yes. Just to Fair. generate dollars for her network. Fair. And, and then to your point again, she came out and was like, if I had have seen what you guys saw, what my network put out there, I would be, I forgot the word she used, but upset. I, I, I'd also be upset. Yeah. So I'm going to have, a very serious conversation with my network. And I heard that and I laughed because I'm like, what's going to happen? Either you're going to have to, if you're standing on this, you're going to either have to quit or they're going to have to issue an apology. Exactly. I've not seen either one of those things happen. So to your point, I know based on the, when I'm given the evidence I'm given, I know that was your choice to make that. I know it was your choice to go there and continue to ask questions down that line. Take the network out of it. That was you. And see, here's the, and, and, you know, I don't know if she's on salary, if, if yeah. she gets extra money based on clicks, you right. know what I'm saying? Like right. the, if her stories generate more interest than others, does she get a bonus? Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, we know it's all about money. Absolutely. Because if I'm, if I'm sitting here watching the news and they say, oh, we have an interview with Lisa Leslie and talking about Kobe Bryant, I'm like, oh, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to the, the, the clip where it's, well, what do you think about the rape case? I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, what rape case? I didn't, I didn't even right. I forgot about the rape case. Right. Let, me, let me see what they're going to say about yep. that. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's, it's for me, it's, it's all about money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what you said, even with her network, she going to do what they, what they tell her. Absolutely. Because they paying the bills. Absolutely. Cause, cause what they say, a salary is the price that you're willing to pay to give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. 
right? It's true. Or to get, they say to give up on your dreams, yeah. but like, I mean, yourself, she, she could go out easily she and be her right. own journalist and everybody's going to ride with her. Absolutely. She could go out herself and create her own network. She's yes. got enough money to do it. Yep. But she won't because she's got a platform mm -hmm. at wherever CBS, CBS or wherever she's with and she's, she's comfortable. Yep. And that's the problem. We, we have become too comfortable in our situations. Mm -hmm. and I don't like that. I agree. And because when you're too oof. comfortable, you're willing to do Except whatever they want you to do. Boy, you're preaching. I don't see that bothers me, man. Preach. That bothers me a little and, bit. And that's why I said what I said about Oprah, because I think I don't know her personally, never met her. But I have to believe I in my heart. I have to believe that she has good intentions somewhere down the line. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Somewhere from the beginning. There were good intentions. But I believe she's at a point now where her circle does not include us outside of Gail. Let me say that a different way. Her circle does not include us outside of the ones who are also receiving the same type of treatment. Yeah. Let me put it that way. So it, she's accepted right. by white folks. Right. That means anybody in her circle who's also accepted are the ones that she's going to keep around. That's what her sphere of influence influence is going to look like could you imagine if her and monique were best friends like her and gail are that would probably cause some issues yeah it'd be it'd be a whole different uh conversation going on right right there right monique is she's raw real and uncut all the time and she and she advocates for herself yep she's all about empowering herself and empowering women who look like her absolutely Absolutely. And really just minority. So it was very, very interesting to me because what Oprah, Tyler Perry and um, geez, I cannot think of the guy that produces a lot of the movies that um, the guy that directed Precious. Uh, him. Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of his name, but there was the big issue where they were basically blackballing her. From all movies. Yeah. And saying that she was very difficult to work with. She was a diva and all this other stuff. And it, it's just so interesting to me because she, Monique took the backlash. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm pro or anti Monique either. Just talking about what actually happened. She received a lot of backlash. Mm -hmm. She lost a lot of money because she lost a lot of movie opportunities. Yep. Monique now has a special on Showtime. So she stood on her principles, her integrity. She took the hit. But she can feel good about it because she stood right. on what was real. And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. If if Oprah would stand on what was real and take the hit, take the loss of revenue, take the loss of power and prestige in the Hollywood world, but then still at the end of the day, be able to be the one to make the business happen for yourself. I feel I feel like. Well, I can't say that. I don't know how she would feel, but we've seen people do it, which you're right. talking about, which is maintaining my integrity. Yep. And still making it happen. And 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 I don't want people to think that we're bashing Oprah because we're not. We're not. We're having a conversation, mm -hmm. right, about Oprah, right. about what we think, right? right? These are our opinions. Yep. And 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 again, we're not bashing Oprah. We know that hell, I know Oprah has has been empowering women for a long time, mm -hmm. right? She backs uh, a whole bunch of different uh foundations to to help women. Yeah. Um so I mean, she's putting her money where her mouth is. Right. So I don't want anybody to think that she's back in what women for women international, um, girls affect, um, 
she does some other things in Africa. Mm-hmm. I don't know those those organiga- or organizations, yeah. but again, she I mean she, she's doing great things. Mm-hmm. But as 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 people, we got to be critical of other people, right? That right there too. Let me just say this real quick. If we can hold R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Kobe Bryant, and all these other men of color accountable for their actions, then we have to be able to do the same thing with our women. Yep. Russell Simmons is a great example. Oprah was trying to do a documentary on him. Do you know that Russell Simmons did nine different polygraphs? For what? For all the allegations for the women saying that he did stuff to them. Oh, I didn't know that. Nine different ones. All of them about two, three hours apiece. All of them came back positive in his favor. All of them. So somebody may be able to, and you can speak to this in more depth than I can. Somebody may be able to work the system and get by on a test. But nine? Do you think somebody could get by, fake their way through on nine I, in order for that to happen, the examiner would have to help them a lot. And that's all I'll say about that. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, nine to, to pass nine polygraphs is, is amazing, yeah. right? So, I mean, obviously there's nothing there. Yeah. So, and like I said, in order for him to, it, if it's like, oh, well, he didn't... It, it, You'd have to have the exam. The examiner would have to be doing some pretty crazy things to yeah. help get you through right. all those. <laughs> so, now think about that. And she was doing a documentary on him, which she stopped. Yeah. So for me, it feels like I feel like we've been again talking about the trauma. I feel like our culture's been divided, male female, for so long. Oprah's doing great things for women. What is she doing to help men? Yeah, that that is a good question. Is be- she doing anything? To help I don't know. But let's just be real. The world is bigger than just women and it's bigger than just men. Yeah. It's bigger than, you know, black and white. It's tons of races, tons of cultures, tons of ethnicities. There's so many different types of people on this planet. And I get it. You can't help everything and everyone. But when you are, when, when all of your, I don't want to say that because that's going to come off wrong. When all the things that you're working on are benefiting women. Mm-hmm. but then everything that you're doing towards men seems negative. At some point, somebody's going to look at that and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I think that's where we are right now. People are finally starting to look, like you said, the veil is off. Yep. I'm sure she's donated to some, to some HBCUs, not maybe not TSU from what I've heard. She's not giving anything what? to TSU. Yeah. And she's from Nashville. She ain't getting on TSU. That's what I heard. I don't know how no, true that is, but I don't believe it. I don't. Maybe it's true, but <laughs> I don't know. And, and apparently, she's never been back over there either. She, she went to TSU, didn't she? She went to TSU. Yes. Oh, there may be something there. Then. Maybe. Yeah, there may, maybe. I, I understand that. Yep. Yeah. So just you know, I think like you said, the veil is off for a lot of people, and people are just starting to look at the discrepancies again, not facts, but just looking at the only thing they have, which is the evidence that they're receiving. Yeah. I know for a fact she's a major supporter of women's movements. Yes. And the the uplifting, the fair treatment, which is deserved, that needs to happen. Yes. But that doesn't mean on the other side you have to do the exact opposite. Because Michael Jackson, that was going to tear him down. Mm-hmm. He wasn't here to defend himself. Kobe, that was tearing him down. Yeah, he ain't here to, to he wasn't here to defend himself. 
Bill Cosby, whether he did or he didn't do those things and whether it was consensual or not, they definitely went after him. Man. In his hardcore. Eight, almost man, almost a hundred years old. They're like, nope, you coming. Yep. Isn't that and that's what I'm that for me is a problem. And that and that bothers and and I'm gonna pivot because this is Black History Month. I'm gonna pivot a little bit. Think about they went after Bill Cosby for some some things that um he well, I guess they found him guilty of, mm-hmm. right? Whether he did it or didn't, he was found guilty mm-hmm. of it. Yep. Um, and that was what, 40, 50, 40, 50, 60 years ago? It was over 30. <laughs> but the woman who claimed Emmett Till whistled at her and got him killed is still alive. Today. She is also the aunt or the great aunt of the governor of uh, Mississippi right now. And she has not been convicted, convicted, brought, pro- prosecuted, brought charges against or any of that. Nothing. Think about that. Yep. She's still alive and she's in her 80s, 90s, whatever now. And she's even admitted, hey, he didn't. He did not just. Yep. I feel bad now. Yeah. And nothing has happened to this woman. And that's what I'm saying. So, again, I, this is why I love this show, because the, the way I can feed off of you in these instances just imagine how powerful it would be if Oprah, Gail, Susan Rice, the other homie, and that network of powerful black women went after this woman. Oh, man. Created a documentary saying, this is it. This is what she said. This is what happened to this boy. This loss affected his mother this way, affected the community this way. This needs to be, something needs to happen for justice to be served right now imagine how powerful that would be for men like myself who feel like oprah ain't thinking nothing about me yeah that's all i'm saying mm. well we're gonna we're gonna let that marinate we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and we might have something else to say yeah so we be back everything i just said everybody i know think the same way see they don't want to see us vote and we never do so we see the same thing but all our votes really do count and they'll never really let it show so now i'm finna break it down because if i don't you will probably never know first thing first you know back in middle school when they taught us it was three branches of the government we forgot it when we got older it's the judicial the legislative and executive but all we know is the executive that's the mayor or the governor and the president now none of them three people make no laws they just be checking them the laws come to their desk and all they do is say no or yes to it so when the news station tried to tell us that barack obama couldn't put us on we was all saudi at obama when it was the congress members out along we gotta focus on the legislative branch yeah they the ones that make the laws yeah they the ones right how much food stamp money you get on the call but when people that wanted to help us wanted the job i know they probably lost because we ain't even know their name we ain't know their face we ain't know it all so the congress or the state house that's legislative they make laws so what we want from the president is what they do okay y'all see they election every two years but we don't never even go to those the congress they can raise minimum wage but we ain't even really know it though so you know how back in 08 when we all voted for obama we was all supposed to go back in 2010 and vote for the congress because they the ones make child support laws they the ones choose if your kids at school get to eat steak or corn dogs the state house make the court cost so if the country failed then you can't say it's them it's your fault because y'all ain't know to vote for congress members that was for y'all and they don't gotta leave after four years and we just let them sit see they don't want to tell you this they want you to focus on the president now the third branch is the judicial that's judges they the reason why john crawford and trayvon they had justice so when meek me 
still got locked up just for popping willies. We blame the judge and not the city when they let her get voted in. Cause they ain't know who to vote against. Imagine life on the other side. Roads better, schools better. Everybody get their license back. Grocery store food better. Custody of your kids back. Homeless people get new shelters. If we gon' fix the U.S., we gotta start with them two letters. Me and you. Somebody told us that the government wanna keep us broke. But the only reason why those there people in the government is that's uh that's yellow pain my vote don't count and i'm so glad that that, that this brother went ahead and uh did that because our uh man he just broke it down for you in rap mode now we know that that that, that black people were different right yeah our culture says that we do everything to a beat i mean that's culture yeah that's culture we, the beat of the drum that's how we that's how we mobilize that's how enslaved people in the fields mobilized yeah. to the beat of, the, of, of a drum right yep. or or him yep he, he just told you everything you need to know about the three branches of government and who's keeping you down and to the beat of a drum in less than four minutes in less than four minutes and i wanted to start with that because you know a lot of people and and i feel like you told me you were one of those people and i, I know i have family members like man i'm I don't give a damn about voting for president. Like it, it doesn't affect me or, you know, I don't, I don't care. Mm -hmm. There it is right there. It's like, yeah, they want you to focus on the president and you probably should vote for the president, but you got to get down to the, to the state and local level yeah. because that's where it's happening. Yeah. Now that's, that was always the kind well, there wasn't always a conversation. The conversation for me originally was cause I voted. Yeah. I voted a bunch of times. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But then as I got older, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Participating in politics, period, not just presidency. But I said, if I did, it would be on this level. So yeah. I do understand that you can't make stuff happen. And we've had that conversation here with Henry, too. Because, you know, I go kind of tough on Obama sometimes. Mm -hmm. And my position had nothing to do with making laws. It had, only thing it had to do was using your platform to use your voice. That's all I ever wanted. When you can hear somebody from that level say what, Mike Bloomberg said it, it that's empowering now coming from Bloomberg that racial anxiety pops up for me I don't know if he's legit or not but coming from Obama I don't feel like he's a made man anymore you know what I mean right. I feel like okay he's gonna say it with the possibility of losing his position maybe even losing his life but he's gonna say it and that's what King did that's what Malcolm did that's what so many others did that we've talked about and that's that's all I've ever asked for is just be authentic with it. And for anybody who, who is on the on the edge about politics, this song right here, if it does not help you to get a better understanding of how you can impact your communities, it's, as far as politics are concerned. Yeah. Because there's a bigger responsibility on you as an individual. See, and that's the part we also miss. We want to put all the emphasis on the government, what they can do. But we just talked about it. My, my man in Monroe, North Carolina. Yep. I forget his name that fast. Um uh, William or Williams, Robert Franklin Williams, Robert Franklin Williams. Yeah. He said, Hey, instead of allowing the Klan to keep coming th through here, shooting at us, let's mobilize and protect ourselves. And, and y'all who are listening, don't know what we're talking about off air. We were talking, uh, about a book that I read a long time ago, uh, called Negroes with guns about how, um, Robert Franklin Williams, uh, went back home after war and saw that the Klan was terrorizing his neighborhood. And because he had went to war and had special tactics, and he came back and was like, we're not going to let 
these people continue to terrorize our neighborhood, we're going to fight back with our own guns. And because of what he did, um, the, 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 the clan quit rolling through the hood mm-hmm. at, in the middle of the night trying to abduct people and, and, right. and shoot and do all that stuff. So, and this, this individual uh, was, the, uh, was the inspiration uh, for Huey P., uh, Huey P. Newton, who, as we all know, was one of the creators of the Black Panther Party for Defense. Mm-hmm. So, and, and say that last part again, because I don't think they remember that part. A lot, lot of people don't remember that part, yeah. the Black Panther Party for Defense. Mm-hmm. That's, that, is, that is the actual the name. Um, a lot of people just say the Black Panther Party, yep. but it's the Black Panther Party for Defense. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, so thank you for that. But yes, this that was that's a great, great song. I love what he did there. The challenge for me now is I get frustrated because I feel like people don't think you can do both. People either go full government and what they need to be doing and not doing what they can in their area, or they do only what they can in their area and don't deal with the politics. And I think a healthy balance would be exactly what we needed to see some additional changes. Because I still firmly believe that in throughout history, whatever the controlling group was of any area is not going to relinquish that authority to somebody out of the kindness of their heart. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. So right now, the controlling interests in this country are the people who benefited from slavery because financially they're the most uh, affluent. They have, the, yeah. as we talked about the stats. So the reality is, white folks are not just going to help us just because right they're not going to turn that power over and level out the 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 wealth gap with all people who are here in this it's not going to happen so that means we have to put a little pressure on via the government through stuff especially local we have to do that but at the same time we've got to like my boy we've got to get in our neighborhoods and be like hey this is not going to happen neighbor over here you're tripping you need to stop tripping Yep. The whole neighborhood is here at your front door. You need to stop. We're not going to allow the police to come in here and do this. We shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. We should have the relationship where we say you need to keep your kids in check. Your son was throwing rocks and he broke a window. If you don't do something, next time we're going to do something. Right. So I, I think I think that's where we could we could be so much more dynamic is is if we start interacting in both spaces and stop I had people like talk funky to me because I didn't vote like going off. And then I said, so after the election is over, what did you do when you couldn't vote anymore? What did you do? And you know what their answer was? What? Nothing. Nothing. What could you do? (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That pisses me off. Don't think that it stops with a vote. Yeah. It can't. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you have to, it's a process. I mean, and, and again, that song, he's he's letting you know, like, hey, look, there's, there's three branches of government. You need mm-hmm. to be worried about this legislative and judicial yes, because sir. they affect you on the local level, yes. right? So, and we'll use our neighborhood, for example, right? Matter of fact, I just saw yesterday there was an individual on his birthday mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, he... For his birthday, he organized a cleanup of the city or of our city, um, our neighborhood. So they were out by the community center and around the, the old mall and just picking up trash. Really? And that was what he did on his birthday. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's stuff like that. You got to take an interest. If you see some trash, pick it up. Yes. I mean, you live here. Yep. Like, 
if you because because what's going to happen is that that one piece of trash is going to turn into a thousand pieces yes. of trash and then your neighborhood has went downhill yep. and then you like what what the hell happened yep right and yep. then you you struggling because oh well my house and, and my neighborhood and it's gotten so bad well you control that mm-hmm. you control that because people who are who are involved in their neighborhood i, I guarantee you well, they say the, the the squeaky wheel will get the oil. Yes, so all the you, time. If you yell, if you yell enough, you're gonna get what you need. You gonna get that attention. And you know, you talked about a process, and it, it is so. As as just as much on the positive side for making the positive impact, getting to that point where it's negative is also a process. So just like mm-hmm. you said, this neighborhood we live in right now, I think this is a really good neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's really clean. Uh, it's quiet. It's it's very safe. I mean, I I really can't remember anything happening. <clears throat> excuse me, directly in this neighborhood. But just imagine if we got a neighbor and the neighbor was a little messy and nobody said anything. Then you got people that move because of it and then you get some other people and that one house turns into two houses, turns into three houses. But because you didn't say anything because yep. it's not your business or whatever, now it's expanded. Yep. So before you know it, the neighborhood looks like nobody cares. Yep. So the first thought is we can't have nothing nice. Yep. So what is my next move? I'm out of here. And I'm moving by who? I'm moving into a more affluent area. That is what we do. Yeah. We we don't say anything to our folks when our folks aren't doing what they're supposed to. We don't hold them accountable. So then we say we can't have anything nice. We don't take care of anything. I'm moving over here with the white people because they take care of their stuff. So now a positive impact potential for a family in a neighborhood is now gone yep yep and i mean that and i'm about to venture off course but still on the same because this is shout i'm gonna talk about whatever, whatever I want you want, talk. Man. whatever you want i, I would never forget when because we lived in nolensville mm-hmm. right which if you know anything about middle tennessee and nolensville it's it's where everybody's trying to be right now yeah. right and we moved here right and I remember when we were telling family and even friends, like, yeah, we're moving to Antioch, right? Like, yeah. oh, my God, <laughs> why would you move there? Yeah. Why? From, from, from Nolan's? Why? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why? Yes. <laughs> and literally, it was, it was like that all the time. And, this, and I used to feel some type of way about it because I'd have to defend, like, what are you talking about? There's nothing wrong with this place. Yep. And, and what I really wanted to say, what I never said, because at that time I wasn't, I wasn't in the headspace that I'm at now. Yeah. Like it's cause it's black there. Yeah. Right. It, or not even black. It's, it's just it's multi, it's multicultural it's here. Colorful. I mean, we have black, we have African-American black, we have African, African mm-hmm. black, we have middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they say in the, in this area, there's over 117 languages, different okay. languages. Yes. Spoken. In the schools. I in thought that schools? was crazy. I was like, Whoa, yeah. I want to be there. Yeah. Like, cause that's what this world looks like. Yep. And when we can come together and, and do our stuff collectively, mm-hmm. that's when we move forward. Yep. So, but yeah, I, you know, it, I, I say all that to say, it bothered me when I, it, or it bothers me still when I hear people like, oh my God, why would you move there? Oh, that bothers me. Yeah. I feel, and, so. it, and I'll say this too about you. One of the very first conversations we ever had at the neighbor's house, you said to me this very thing. You're like, yeah, we had to move. I wanted to be around some people that look like me. Yep. That was one of the first conversations Todd and I ever had. And when we had that, I was like, 
Okay. Okay. Let me let me listen to what he got. Yeah, to say. he might he might be he might be all right. Let, let's let's wait and see what's happening here. So, I, I say that for a reason. You have to maintain relationships with people, so that you can see where they really stand. Yeah. And not only did you say that when we met, because that could just be uh, you know some BS conversation. Yeah. We we probably won't talk again. Or you can learn that this person is truly interested and invested in bettering his people, his yep. neighborhood, himself, his family. And I see that in you. I see that in Henry. I see that in pretty much everybody we have relationships in this neighborhood. And that's why I love being over here. And that's why I love this podcast so much. Because this isn't, I try to make people understand, this isn't, we don't do this because we're trying to get rich. Nah, definitely not. You know? Yeah. I firmly believe that the stuff we talk about is going to help somebody because it's helping me. And I'm not special. Since I'm not special, that means there's somebody else who's probably thinking or feeling the exact same way I am. And if we can help that person, more power. If we can also help people that don't look like us to better understand, even better. Right, right. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, again, it just... (laughs) And... My one of my favorite people ever, uh, Laurie Daniel Favors. Mm-hmm. Um, she she says this all the time, and it's it's an old was it it's an old not an old proverb but it's an old saying that that what what Africans have done they can they will do right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like when we put ourselves in these situations where we we have a bunch of people who look like us. I mean, let's think about this just historically mm-hmm. in, in, in these United States, okay. historically. Okay. Um, where were the concentration of the, the concentration of, of colored persons were all in one spot, right? Mm-hmm. And with the concentration of colored persons all in one spot, what did those colored persons do? They created, right? They created their own systems Mm -hmm. they had their own businesses they created anything that we go to that we have convenience of going to now we created before just for us Mm -hmm. and what we what we created we we can create again Mm -hmm. now back to what we were talking about in the third the first 30 minutes when you when you give up when you accept the salary you've given up you know what you're what you're willing to do for your dreams right Mm -hmm. that that's that's your that's your pay, your payment for yeah. your dreams. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, we're in a space where a lot of people are like, man, screw this nine to five. Yeah. I want to do my own thing and I, I'm going to work for myself. Yep. I'm glad to see that because what's happening is it's, it's almost as if we're having this cultural awakening where it's like, well, yes. what we've done before we can do again. Yes. I'm going to do this now because there's no time like the present. Yep. Right. So, and I think... I think personally, this is my opinion. I think that that scares the power structure here in America, because when when you're starting to scare the power structure, they start they start acting funny. Yes, starts doing doing some strange things, yes, right? Sir. And they start making laws for different things. Mm-hmm. And I and I I use this I use this law because it, it's here. So here in Tennessee, um, and I, I'm probably gonna misspeak, but I'm gonna be close, but um. Marijuana, not marijuana, hemp. Mm-hmm. You can grow hemp here, mm-hmm. right? So you can grow hemp. Hemp looks exactly like marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, smells like it, looks mm-hmm. like it, does the same thing, doesn't have THC in it, right? But in order to get a permit here, I think they said you have to have at least 200 acres of land to grow it on. 
what? So you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's little stuff like that. Now most people be like, oh, well, I can't do it. I got 200 acres. Of, I don't have 200 acres of land. But if you if you look deeper into it, who has 200 acres of land? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Wealthy farm owners, right? Mm-hmm. It, people that look like me ain't got 200 acres of land. Right. Just oh yeah, let me go. Let me go use this 200 acres over here. Yep. But, yeah. It don't work like that. Yes. Now you go up the road 45 miles to Kentucky, anybody can get a, a, a license, right? Now, I wonder in the next, I don't know, five, 10 years, if that industry changes and most of the people in that industry start to look brown skin, mm-hmm. will they change the law to make it say, oh, you got to have at least 20 acres or right. 30 acres or 100 acres. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yep. To, to help weed that out. Yep. Now, I think here they'll <laughs> tell you, oh, no, we did that because we just didn't want everybody buying um, you know, just everybody having a, a, a license to, to, to grow this stuff. Right? right. No, it's, we didn't want the black people to benefit or we wanted only our people who we know they have 200, 200 acres to benefit. Yes. Cause think about it, the people who are writing these laws are being lobbied by other people. Absolutely. Like, Hey man, I look. Absolutely. Cause if you don't do it this way, then, you know, Johnny Joe's Bobby Sue down the street going, yep. they're going to jump in and they're going to take this market share from us. So, Man, I don't know. I say all that to say we live in some odd times. We, we and, and it's funny you say that because I think on the flip side, the empowering side of that is we have, and, and this is not just a black or white, but a, I think it's more of the millennial and I'm just outside of that millennial group. So I think I feel like, I, I feel like I told the line. I think there's a lot of the uh, uh, millennial mindset that I have. Yeah. But it's kind of weird. So in my current role, I, I I see that they realize people are more willing to step away from corporate America. And because of that, now it's like, oh, wait a minute. We got to pay a premium for talent now. Yep. Because if we don't, they're just going to leave, go to somebody else who will, or they'll go start their own. We'll have more competition. So to your point, and I think it's so empowering that people are feeling confident enough to take that leap and be like, you know what? My dream is worth more than my salary yep. that I get at this job. I'm going to go out here and try it out. Hey, worst case, it doesn't work. I leave on good terms. Right. I can always go back. Always go back. And I, and I think that's what a lot of, of millennials are doing now. You see them where they're entering these spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, they're entering these spaces. They're learning how to do the job. They're learning how the, the whole business operates. Yep. And then they step away and they do it themselves. Because yep. now they got the blueprint. They're like, well, shit, yes. we did it like this over here. I'm going to do it like this at my spot. And I'm going to be cheaper and, you know, do the same same Absolutely. amount of business. And I may not be as wealthy as the company. Right. But I keep the overhead down because I'm not going to have the same amount of employees. Exactly. Then I get people who appreciate the fact that, and, and there's, you know, there's all these different initiatives like diversity and inclusion. Yep. So being a small business, woman owned, uh, uh, people of color controlled, whatever it is, LGBTQ. Yeah. Whatever group you're a part of, if you start a business, you probably can automatically get business pushed your way because of it. Yep. So it's, it's a really good time to take advantage of what's going on, but also being watchful and mindful that what we said earlier, every powerful civilization, civilization that has ever existed does not want to relinquish its power, authority, control. Yep. So keep your head on a swivel, but don't be afraid to step away from the machine. Yep. If we talk about the matrix all the time, don't be afraid to step away from the matrix and going back to Zion. You may not live as quote unquote comfortably and have all these perks and these benefits, but are you willing to accept that? 
right? knowing where it's coming from and how you're getting it and the control that you're under, or are you willing to step out here and be a little bit less comfortable? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's all about comfortability. Yes. So, and and I struggle sometimes I'm because like, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to step away from this and do something else. Because mm-hmm. and, and, and here's the thing, I, if you're listening, you're never too old to do something. Mm-mm. You're never too old to no. do Look, example. I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm getting another degree right mm-hmm. now. Right. One of the, one of the persons in my class is 80 turned 80 two weeks ago. Wow. 80, 80 year old white woman mm-hmm. getting her degree in African American studies. Right. Mm-hmm. 80 years old. And she just started a, a charter school in her community. Wow. Yeah. At 80. Yeah. You're never too old to do anything nope. in this on this planet. Nope. Um, I mean, as long as you got if well, there's a will, there's a way, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you got the 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 determination and 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 the resources to do it, do it. Yeah. I mean, I hate to use the, the saying if you build it, they'll come, but I mean if you build it, they probably will. Yeah. At least if you advertise a little bit. But right. <laughs> we ain't advertising, we still have people come, right? That's true. So um from all over the world. Yeah. So there you go. Um, don't be afraid to step out and, and, <laughs> and I, and I struggle with the church, but I'm gonna say this, you know what they say? You got to step out on faith, yeah. right? You got to step out on faith because yeah. you're not going to be able to, when you're an entrepreneur, you're not going to see that next step. Mm. You, you just, no. it's up and down. Like, yes. all right, we might, we might be all right this month. Or we may not, Yes. but you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta know like, all right, this is where we going to be mm-hmm. if we keep going at this pace. Right. So. And 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 for us, uh, and this is probably it's probably that time to wrap. Oh, we got about seven minutes. Okay, or seven, seven or eight minutes actually. So another thing that we need to be looking at too is when you on that entrepreneurial journey, especially if you are, because let's be real, everybody doesn't start off as an entrepreneur at 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Sometimes you are 30, 40, 50. So you have a family, maybe. You're afraid that you by taking this chance, you're negatively impacting your family. Have those conversations. Start being responsible, preparing for, okay, what if we have a little bit less coming in? Can we afford this? Can we do this? Start cutting back on things that you don't need. Start looking at necessities. And then as you figure out what your new life is going to be like, then you can start to adjust then. So like one of the things that Christina and I do is we try to plan ahead. So budget wise, all right, here's what we look like for the year. Similar to what some of the stuff you were talking about. Here's what we look like. If we do this, this is how it's going to impact us negatively. Mm-hmm. But we've got this, and if this does this, it'll, make, it'll impact us positively. We can't count either one of these because these are the variables that we don't know. So if we maintain what we're doing right now, regardless of what happens here, we'll be okay. Yeah. So now that we've got that established, now we're comfortable. We're not fighting about what's happening. We're already on the same page. So even if we start to take a little bit of a hit here, we've already planned. Mentally, oh, yeah. we're aware. And that's one thing we got to do. Well, well, people that are trying to be entrepreneurs need to do is plan. Yes. Plan for the potential of less. So yes. that means your living situation. You may not be able to afford a five bedroom house. You know what I mean? You may right. not be able to live in a, a, a condo downtown. You might have to move back in with your parents. You might have to move back in. And I'm glad you bring that up. I'll say this quickly. Christina, I also agree on this. Sincere. He's 11. Mm hmm. Sincere in seven years, six years, when he graduates high school, if he's not ready to go to college, I'm not sending him. Yeah. I'm not going to allow him to waste his time or money getting debt 
because he hasn't figured out exactly what it is he wants to do or who he wants to be yet. Right. I'll allow you live here. Let's work on this. Let's figure it out. Now we want you to be productive at the same time. Yeah. And that's, of course, that's relative. So we, yeah. that's something that we'd be working on in the background. But I'm not going to force my kids out into the world to start chasing this American dream, yeah. which is debt filled. Yep. We're not going to do that. We're going to do this the smart way. So he's now he's got a bank account. He's got his bank card. Hey. So he's. Uh, is he with a black bank? He's with a send. Oh, okay. That works. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah, all right. It's, it's a union, so that's good. Yeah. Better rates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but just again, just getting them in that mindset yeah. like, when you spend this, it's gone. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not your bank anymore. This is your bank. We're your support system. Yeah. So, this is where your money can do things for you. What are you going to do? And it's better than having the money in a kid's hand because yeah. every time you leave the house, can I get my money? Yeah, if you see it, you see it, you, you're more apt to spend it. Absolutely. So, yeah, that makes sense. And, and I mean, I feel my parents did the same thing. I think I got a bank account when I was um, in high school mm-hmm. and they would put money in it a month mm-hmm. and they'd say, once it's gone, it's gone. Don't yep. ask me for nothing else. Yep. And that, and and maybe that's why I'm so good with money now because I always I like all right I got this much yes. I got this many days yes. I can spend this much a day so what do I need to do you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. you know what I'm so to all the listeners what Todd just said is probably the the biggest jewel to take away today at least for me it is because I just changed my mind about something. But I think that that's brilliant because you don't realize the impacts later on. Yep. When you have to start doing, especially in high school, yep. when you want to have all the stuff, all the latest and coolest, the clothes yep. and the shoes, here's some money. You spend it all, it's gone. Yep. Extracurriculars that you want to do, you got the money to do it. You have to choose. You have to budget. And you have to be aware that if you spend all your money in the first week and a half, you still got two and a half weeks left. Yep. What you going to do? And that, and that's what happened. I mean, I, I I remember, like my my dad would give me, you have this much money for your school clothes. Once it's gone, it's gone. So however you get your clothes, you mm-hmm. need to you need to figure it out. Yep. Right. <laughs> so think about that. I mean, and as a as a fourteen or I guess I was fifteen at that time as a fifteen year old trying to navigate like okay, I can't. I, I I need this many pairs of shoes. I need mm-hmm. this many pairs of pants, but I need it to to fit in this this price mm-hmm. range. Okay, I need to go to TJ Maxx. I need to go to you know what I'm saying like yes. I was navigating that and thinking back on it, I didn't think about it then, but thinking back on it now, like I, I was navigating adulthood yes. as a as a 15 yes. year old so preparation. It kind of works preparation, and, and it and it doesn't. I mean, it's not like the child knows because they're like, look, this is what you gotta do. Go forth. Yes. Right. Figure it out. Yep. Now I'm here if you got questions. Yes. So, there that's, you go. that's brilliant. I, and I, I, I wanted to pause there because I want people to really think about that. Yeah. And if you have the means, and again, a lot of it is means. If you don't have the means, then you need to start trying to work to where you can put yeah. a little bit of extra money away for your kids in that regard. But if you do have the means, that's something you probably need to start doing. Because another thing that you'll see is that people who do have the disposable income is so readily available all the time. You don't get to discern. Yeah. Like, when do I need to slow down? Right. Right. This is a need. And I, I, I know I need this. It's a little more expensive than I'd like. It's going to have me low. But if I get this, I won't have to worry about this later on. 
Right. You know, just being able to make those decisions, like you said, navigating adulthood early yep. without the pressure of if I fail, I'm going to fall on my face. We're going to, the light's going to get cut off or the car's going to get exactly. repossessed. You still got your crutch. You still got your, your foundation. Yep. But you get to make those choices on your own. Exactly. That's beautiful. Well, we are out of time, literally out of time. Anything you got to say? Yeah, so just going back to the beginning, how all this shop talk started today, Gail King, Oprah, and anybody else that has a, a platform, notoriety, and influence, be consistent with your message. Yeah. Whatever your message is, be consistent across the board. You don't have to be anti one thing to support another. And I'll, I'll just be honest real real quick here. I, I'm not an advocate for homosexuality. But I don't want to see every person who claims homosexuality as their their desired or their preference to die and be wiped off the face of the earth. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't have to be that way. I don't agree, but I'm not going to treat you any different than I would somebody else. Right. So Oprah, Gail, specifically y'all too, because this is the hot topic right now. Be consistent across the board, please. I feel you. And um. I don't care about homosexuality. I haven't. Hey, I believe in be you. If that's what you are, be you. I don't give a shit. Well, let's party. <laughs> um, but um, you know, literally, we we bounced around today on some on some different things. But maybe there was something in here that you that you heard that that you can take back yeah. with you, put in your put in your toolbox and use it. Please. So, um, other than that, we'll catch y'all next week. Um, yeah, because we cut we cut back shows. Now we're just doing them on Monday. Once a week. Once, Once a, a week. week. So uh, we will catch you guys on next week. And uh, if you got anything, holler at us. Um, anything else, you good? No. BGDcast at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, issues, you want to be a guest, reach out. Holler at us. All right. And we out. Peace.